I mean, I don't even know how you come in here with that nonsense. It's it's unbelievable. I fix my problems. That's different between me and you. There's a lot to be said there. Um, folks, I think we're live. I think this is bringing the closers episode Something. way too many. Season three. Thank you, for, thank you for tuning in. If you're still with us, appreciate that. Ryan, how's your day going? I don't know why I took the reins today, but how are you doing today? I was doing better. Were you, though? Is that even accurate? Yes, I had my, that because my, I sh- my children at home because I today. I was hanging out with them. Um, is that because I showed you my new puppy? Is that what, is that, that's really what it was, right? That's what it was, yeah. The puppy, the puppy did it. So I am missing a meeting down in Houston because, you know, it's ice and stuff. And a little bit of ice in Texas is like the roads can't function. Are the roads made of something worse in Texas than like New York or... What's up with Wait, that? Are you saying are you saying that your 350 can't make the drive? Is that what's happening? 250, but whatever. Oh, I thought you were like overcompensating. No, that's just compensating. Okay. Um wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. What I thought Luckily you cut out because whatever you say wasn't gonna make sense anyway. So I think you're gone. Is there internet gone? What's happening here? On me, I don't know what happened. Yeah, you cut out. Thankfully, he's back. What were you saying? Um, I was saying that I thought we were like on a phone call on Monday, and you were in the car on the way down. I guess I'm making that up. You're definitely making that up. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. All right. Let's get into the show. Bring in the closers. I, I hate this show. Okay. Bring in the closers. <laughs> season three, episode whatever. <sighs> Just. Change the name to this to why, why? Okay, I already, already, already have the wide drive. You can't take it. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> this sorry. why? Okay. So, question for you, Ben Samuels, for the podcast, for the show, business coaches, and that's a broad term. Obviously, you have a sales coach or a life hack coach, potentially, or you know, CEO coach. So, I'm just going to use the term coaches, business coach, if you want to narrow it down. Um, are you a fan? Not a fan? I will tell you for the first time I paid someone to give me a coaching session. I paid two hundred fifty bucks last Friday, I think it was, or two, two Fridays ago, maybe. It was fantastic. Changed my perspective a little bit. I'm curious, have you ever dabbled in that realm? And if so, what's your experience been like? So let's parse that out a little bit first before we we get uh, more granular. I'd like to start with you know the the business coach in the traditional sense of sort of a nebulous you know, sounding board and advisor. And, and uh, by the way, good choice. If for those that aren't watching this, because this is an audio only, he's currently on mute, but he's eating an oatmeal uh, raisin uh, cookie from Little Debbie. I forget what they're called. Oatmeal raisin something or other. They're really good. Um, anyways, um, hold on. Please hold. They are oatmeal cream pies. I was close, but they're really good. Uh, or this podcast is not sponsored by Little Debbie, but if Little Debbie wants to slide in the DMs, it should be. And, 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 yeah, exactly. If they want to slide in the DMs, we we can definitely get you taken care of. Um, I'm part. I am partial to Swiss cake rolls, but that's a whole different conversation. Let me be honest, real quick. These are good. The double stuffs are like ten times better. Just, just there you go. Well, yeah. I mean, what kind of peasant gets the normal stuff? I mean, my daughter bought these for me, but whatever. You need to teach your daughter about good quality products i don't know um 
that's it. Okay. Well, you're, you're done. You're back on mute. Okay, good. Um, so going back to the original question, I, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I'd like to uh, talk about business coaches sort of, sort of more in the more nebulous perspective, because, you know, if you are, I want to get there, but I think starting on the business coach side, because if you're talking about, you know, buying an hour of an expert's time to just fire questions at will, and that's a quote unquote business coach, I have a very vastly different answer to that than I do you know, what I described. And so if you're talking about a business coach that's going to be standing in, you know, stepping in as an advisor, generally on a recurring monthly or, or you know, quarterly or some sort of recurring payment schedule, um, that, that's a long-term relationship and an investment. I, I think that given the right fit with the right advisor, it can be like unlocking the keys of the kingdom and can be phenomenal uh, gasoline for the fire and can really accrete an enormous amount of value. But I think there's also a, a lot of people that purport to be business advisors and business coaches that you know, haven't done it themselves or don't have necessarily the acumen to be doing that, but it's, it's sort of their take on the entrepreneurial journey. And, and so I think if you're going to be onboarding a coach in the business coach sense, a, a really important part of that process is the diligence process of thoroughly, thoroughly vetting whether that person sees the, the world the same way you do, is going to be you know, making decisions and, and advice and counsel that is in line with your ultimate goals, your ultimate vision, your, you know, your, your MO, because you know, while change can be valuable, you want to make sure that that the the goals are aligned so that you're taking counsel from someone that is you know guiding the ship the right direction um and you know that that decision can can literally make or break the business depending on sort of how how much you you're listening to that advisor and so i think that a business coach can provide let me say it this way if if you're looking for the sort of mental fortitude and those sort of things, I think a business coach can be a good fit. If you're looking for someone, you know, similar to like Shark Tank, if you're looking for, for the connections and you're looking for someone for market penetration, a mentor or a business coach can be another you know, fantastic avenue. If you're, if you're looking for, you know, an advisor that's going to, you know, take your business from A to Z, I would tell you that that person generally, you know, is going to be, well, Hopefully they're going to be earning, but they're going to be asking for equity in the company and a board seat rather than just, hey, I'm your business coach. And, and so I think there's a lot of fairway that, that I just covered there. And, and I'll you know hand it off to you and no. you can kind of dial in. With, you you kind of covered all the various angles or most of them at least, which is uh, the main reason I've stayed away from business coaches. And this this cat that I hired for, it was just a one-time deal. Um, I could hire him again, but yeah, I don't think he considered himself a business coach. It was a consulting session, but it's, you know, I had a specific business question and he had the answers. With that being said, a lot of the business coach stuff I've seen from people who have engaged in it is not worth the price they pay. Essentially, they're paying Bob, uh, because I think Bob's talented, to give them a schedule to operate on. Right. You need to make this many right. co-calls. You need to send this many emails. You need to do this next week. Bob, did you do that? And they're paying a thousand bucks a month for that. To me, that's a waste of thousand dollars. Real quick, what that person that you're describing, the client that that's paying that money, all they're looking for is a boss, right? Yes. That person is not that person is not an entrepreneur. They're trying to make it as an entrepreneur, but they don't have the ability to modulate that themselves. And, and so they're outsourcing the what should I do on a daily basis? And that's that's what I was painting on the downside of that. That can be very dangerous. 
Yeah. Well, the, well, the, the only thing I might say is that they're doing sales and they should be doing something else or, you know, whatever. They should be doing a different task. So they could be an entrepreneur, but not not that specific role of the entrepreneur. Um, but yes, I, I, I agree. So by and large, I've had a bad taste in my mouth because that's the kind of that I've seen. Now, to your point, you know, the one I hired was for a property management question. You know, we're getting a property management company going, we're trying to learn how to do it, never done it before. And so I paid 250 bucks for an hour, pretty cheap rate, and got to ask anything, right? And that was worth well more than 250 bucks and well more than $1,000 a month. I've seen some business coaches charge to basically keep you on a schedule, <laughs> right? I got a deal because I got to ask a seasoned PM uh, uh, owner any question I wanted, just asking me anything. And and that's the kind of information you can get that on Twitter some, but to phrase the question the way that you want, and it's not 280 characters, and then to hear the response and then to push back and to go, okay, well, why is this this way? That's to me. So I would pay for that all day, every day. And that's what changed my mind because like, oh, wow, this is actually valuable. Now he's not a full-time business coach. He just does the consulting thing, you know, 250 bucks for an hour. Um, so I guess theoretically I could book him more often if I want to, and I might. But that really changed my perspective. But what's weird is that's what I do for companies. <laughs> and I wouldn't consider myself a business coach, right? So you said a lot there. I'm going to try to parse out uh, each piece of that. So, so one of the things there is, um, I'm curious, before actually going further, how did the person that you're talking about, how do, how do they approach or how did you find them in the sense of how do they approach the marketing of this service is this just something that like they randomly tweet about because i mean the 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 reason i ask is you know 250 for an hour without any sort of qualifier might be looked at as expensive but like you just said the value way outpaced the the, the price and so you know having you as a you know having you do a testimonial or something like that to be able to show the sort of the, the process would be uh, i would think would be very valuable to to whoever's putting this together. Did, was there like a website landing page that had like other testimonials or how did you sort of vet whether no, this person was that's, that's the great. person you want to talk to or? Yeah, so I found them on Twitter somehow. Um, you know, just someone else, I'm sure tagged a tweet with them in there or whatever. Started following them, started reading their stuff. Like, oh wow, this person really understands the property management game. And ultimately went to their bio maybe. They had a, they have a website um, and I sent them a question like, hey, I think I think I asked a question. Oh yeah, I asked a question that I wanted them to answer publicly, um, because I know that you know they don't want to answer questions in the DMs. So I get them like, hey, could you write a thread about this? Just a, just a topic idea. And he's like, oh, I actually wrote a blog. Here it is. So I went and read the blog. I'm like, okay, this thing's full of information. Um, to, and I, I found this consulting link on his profile somehow, and it was like 250 bucks. I was like, done. Maybe I asked him. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, he the, the it was the immense amount of um, information he put out. And then the blog that it answered the question I was wanting to see. So, so they did. So they didn't really have sort of. That's really interesting. I mean, from a lead gen perspective, I think they may be leaving, leaving a lot of money on the table. Um, but I guess, like you said, it's not really their their core business. Uh, but but I do think it speaks to you. Know, you, I like I said, I think that some people would look at that price point and be like, oh, that's expensive. But but really, in the market, that's probably pretty cheap. Um, so some of the other things you, uh, that you talked about there, let me, uh, let me remind myself. Um, so I think that, I think, yeah, like, like you were talking about the day-to-day operations piece. I think that that's much more challenging to find the right fit. Um, and, and that's, 
I just, I, yeah, I have a hard time imagining that being something that really could accrete value unless it was, you know, like I said, sort of the, the perfect, the perfect marriage. Um, where do you think that mastermind groups, executive mastermind groups, or, uh, you know, these small sort of micro communities on Twitter fit in as that? I mean, could you ostensibly, so if you're in real estate, I mean, could you ostensibly use retweet on Twitter as sort of the business coach to your point, sort of lobby questions in the DM sometimes facilitate conversations in public sometimes. I mean, could you kind of do that? Um, and what do you think you may be missing by doing that as compared to actually onboarding a coach? Yeah. So I think the, the benefit with, with what this one off I did was I don't, I can't do everything he told me to do in a week or a month. Right. We are a startup. We are just getting going. Um, so in this unique case, I don't need him again for a period of time. Unless, unless it was strictly, hey, did you call these people? Hey, did you do that? Okay, I don't need that. Um, either I'm going to do it or I'm not. But he gave me things to do. Now, um, for um, you know, maybe six months from now when we're operations heavy, paying a coach to either write us a program or you know, give us an operations program or help us think through operational problems, you know, for three months consecutively while we're trying to figure out, you know, who to onboard, where to put them at, you know, that would be something I would revisit now because of how well this went. Um, I think for me, the thing was, is the coach has such a bad name. I've, I've shot away from it, but if you can figure out not because the coach, their job is to sign you up for a six year long contract and they're not really trying to do anything. Um, but just kind of keep these numbers, but how do you pitch the maybe advisor consultant role well, we're, you see what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, that's, there's a, there's a worlds of value there. No, I'm glad you circled back to that. That's actually where, where I stumbled. Cause I, that's where I was going to pivot and I, and I lost my train of thought there for a moment, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think that there's a, you saw sort of alluded to that, you know, it's similar to what you do. And, and I think that that is, I think it's a gross mischaracterization of, of the, the core value add. And what I mean by that is, unless I misunderstand the way that you pitch and, and if so, you know, let's talk about it. Um, but on the front end, the consultant is, Hey seller, you know, you're looking to sell the business and I have a buyer or Hey seller, you're looking to accomplish X, Y, Z on a transactional or, or some sort of accretive. Yeah. I, tra I mean, transactional basis. And, and I can provide some sort of value add there. Whereas a business coach, doesn't really have to be transactional at all. It's simply an implementation on a day-to-day -day basis. And so I, I don't know if you, I, I don't know if you are soliciting your, and what, and, and there's an important distinction. If you are onboarding a client in a BD and sales development role, and through that you are giving strategic consulting advice because it's of benefit to you, obviously, if the product is being pitched better or the, or the services is, is, you know, more valuable. That's not what I'm talking about because I don't think that's business coach. I think that that's the advisor and, and you're, you know, you're, you're not, you're not paid if the idea that you have goes terribly wrong. A business coach is paid whether they have good advice or not, you know, generally. Right. And right. so I think, I think the alignment of incentives there makes a massive difference where you are, you know, ostensibly, I'm sure there are times where you are quote unquote coaching, but I definitely, I, I don't think that you, like, in other words, I don't think you could possibly charge 
$250 an hour to be an advisor. You can charge a retainer fee. You can, you can like, you, the math may work out the same, but, but you can't, you, I don't think you can get away with charging an hourly rate to be an advisor. Does that make sense? No, it, it does. It does. But that, this is kind of the thing that's got me thinking about this, which is the business coach industry is, I don't want to say toxic because I'm not saying that they're toxic people. It's just, it just has that used car salesman feel to it, right? For me, at least. And so I would, I would shy away from it. And so how, so there's two things. A, how do you find the value ones, the, the ones of value, if there are some? And then B, how do you pitch a service? Because there is, there are people out there that, that are looking for advice that some like yourself or our listeners, whatever, might have. But they don't need a stinking business coach, right? They need right. someone to give strategic solutions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, not, but and so the problem is when you go into business coaching, which is what that should be. Strategic solutions should be business coaching, not keep a list of what your tasks are. But we had to phrase it as advisory work, right? And so that's and where, go ahead. Well, here's where you get into some muddy waters, which is sort of the, the second uh, part of the conversation. Maybe it's a good segue where, you know, I sort of think in my brain, I have a hard time sort of divorcing, you know, on LinkedIn, you get the random DMs from the wealth advisors from like Northwestern Mutual. And you know how you get a lot of the DMs from, hey, do you want to go start your own franchise? I look at those people in the same bucket as I look as business coaches. When I think of business coaches, I think that it's just sort of this spray and pray approach. They probably have some program that they're selling or some sort of very cookie cutter. Hey, this is how to get from where you are to, you know, to, to the next step, sort of irregardless of your market or EBITDA, et cetera. And, and I think that, like I said, I think I kind of morph those things into the same, whereas again, there's a massive difference and, and huge uh, you know, difference in value add creation once you move into the advisor role. But do you, I mean, do you sort of see that same corollary on the business, uh, the business coach side? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. So I think we're maybe saying the same thing, which is business coach to me, basically, well, if I think of that, it's the guy that's telling you to keep a schedule. That's really all he or she's doing. Okay. Um, the problem I have is, is that I think there's value for what I hired out last week or two weeks ago to be a business coach, except for not on a weekly basis, right? To be maybe once every quarter and then I scale it up. But but that's not that's never pitched as business coaching. That's pitched as consulting or advisory work. But really, if we're being honest, it's quote coaching. Like if you think about coaching from the standpoint of like you're playing a game, the coach is telling you how to play the game better. That's what I think coaching should be. It's not. It's what you're saying it is, which is, hey, invest in this and you'll be a millionaire or open a franchise today, right? What would I what would you say if I were to postulate that the difference is simply the the um, frequency of engagement in the sense that coaching is generally there's a lot of touch points. You're either touching in like every day or every week. There, there's a lot of touch points where advisor is like you're saying, like, hey, okay, so I got I got this these questions answered, or I got over this hump, and I need another quarter or two or year to figure out these logistical pieces. And then right. when I'm at this next plateau, I, you know, I know where to go. And I think that's much more on the advisory role. I don't think that of that as coaching because it's the same thing as if you're learning how to like, if, you, if you're brand new, you're learning how to uh, drop ship on Amazon. Okay. The, the, the YouTube videos that you're watching, is that coaching? Is that like, I mean, maybe we can get into that next, but, but you, you had looked like you had something to say on the previous yeah, comment. Yes. So let's just pretend like we've never heard of business coaching. Okay. And someone said, Hey, here's a business coach. 
what I would suspect that person did would be like what a football, basketball, tennis, golf coach is. Hey, here, which is what an advisor is doing. What I'm submitting, what I'm suggesting to you is the business coach, not talking about frequency, just about content. What I'm su- suggesting to you is the business coach, as you accurately point out, is just a boss. You're just a boss. And there is some value in that if you can't have self-discipline. Um, but they, but we almost should divorce those people from being called coaches because they're not really, I mean, they're not really, they're not really coaching you. The advisor, oddly enough, to your point, is more of what I would think of if I wasn't familiar with this industry as a coach. Does that does that make sense? So I'm I'm, I'm more saying that the advisors, I think, kind of get. I think the advisory role has been pushed off as some grandiose thing that's only for the really wealthy and it's not really in the business coaches, how you get there. And it's really the, well, the advisors are actually, this is self-serving obviously as an advisor, but the advisors are actually probably more valuable than the business coaches, but the business coaches are out there pounding you all the time. Hire me, hire me, hire me. I, I don't know. To me, that's, that, that's the rub there, I guess. So I, the reason I have a hard time with that, because in, in a couple cases, you know, I, I would agree with you, but if you look at, so let's say that you hire a business coach, but that business coach, all he does is mindset coaching. It's a business coach, but he's a mindset coach. I wouldn't put that as in the same bucket, right? Because again, that that's, they're not a taskmaster. You know, generally that, that person is probably engaged on a pretty granular level, and, and but that's a business coach. And so when, when we're talking about business coach, I want to make sure that we're sort of talking in the right silo. So with what you're talking about in terms of a business coach to onboard to tell me how to do the day-to-day, yes, but there are other business coaches, right? You can have like a mindset business coach. You mm-hmm. can have, um, you, you know, you can have a business coach. Like if you're going through a period of, hey, I want to sell the business in six months. You can onboard a business coach that that can walk you through that process to get you, you know, uh, up to up to speed, right? Like an ACT. Um, you can you, you depending on the phase or depending on the value add. There's other things, but I, I think the point I was trying to make on the front end in terms of the business coach is just sort of more of a taskmaster. Is if that is what you're looking for out of a business coach, that is a poor decision. That, does that make sense? Yeah. So let's unpack a, a real example here. So I Ryan hired me for a thousand dollars an hour. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, two hundred dollars an hour, but whatever. Two hundred dollars one time, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I had a call with a customer or a potential client a few weeks ago, um, and the rate was going to be depending on what they wanted, probably between four to seven thousand dollars a month. Okay, so that's kind of the the type of business that I thought. They were and what they could deliver. Um, on the, I guess it was this, the, we had two calls within 48 hours just to kind of basically get the lay of the land. And, and this was a call to me. This wasn't, I didn't, um, I'm sorry, this was a call I was brought into. This wasn't a call to me. Someone didn't call into me like, hey, give me my advice because that's a little bit different. I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit more reluctant to give out the free advice if you're calling me because you've already, right, you've already crossed the threshold of, the advice is valuable, right? If I'm trying to pitch, then I'm happy to give out a little bit more to show my value. So, so I was trying to land this client and essentially the client needed to separate multi, uh, one LLC into two or three for some tax purposes, um, get a new CPA um, and probably make somewhere between three to five strategic hires. Okay, something like that roughly. Uh, and that was my advice. More granular than that, but that was my advice. Right. And it was going to take, on top of that, they were going to need help to get to that point because 
this person was so overwhelmed that they couldn't do any of that. So the, so in that role, the service that was going to be is, this is what you need to do, and then we're going to come in and help fill those gaps in to kind of help offload these things piece by piece, right? Um, to me, that's what, what those are the type of services that I like to offer. That, some of that's coaching, right? Because you're trying to say, hey, this is what you need to do. So I think of that as a traditional coaching mechanism. Um, but it's also kind of a larger advisory role. At the end of the day, to your point, though, if it doesn't work, what are they going to do? They're going to fire me, <laughs> right? It's not going to last long. I'm curious um, what your take on, I mean, can you, can you use YouTube as a coach? Is that a business coach or is that, a, is that, would that be qualified as something else? Yeah. So I think coach size training. Yeah. I don't have a, I don't have a, I guess, I guess the only thing I'm pushing back on with the coach is that so many of the coaches, and this is coming from a real estate perspective, maybe so many of those coaches are simply just number watchers. They're not adding any value other than numbers. And maybe, um, in other industries, as you pointed out, or other silos, the business coach has more value. To me, it's just this whole this whole concept of you're paying a coach a thousand dollars a month to keep track of their spreadsheet. It's like, well, that's like you're logging your calls so that your coach says, "Did you call enough?" That's that's like, what value is that? Like the real value is, um, and a lot of them have programs that they want you to follow, and sometimes I think that's okay. Um, I think the programs can be too cookie cutter and not really incorporate what the person's perspective is. So like with this person I was advising or trying to, I didn't get the, I'll find out in April if I get the client or not, but I didn't get the client that day. Um, with them, it was like all those things I suggested to you um, were cookie cutter in the sense of tax purposes. Like there's some some straight logistical things that any business would want to do that they need to do. But the hires that we were, we were going to help them roll out would be strategic based upon the owner's personality, right? And so going through there, which hires, when to hire them, they need to go acquire some more, more clients. There's all these things which are very much not cookie cutter. It's more of moving the chess pieces around. Um, and maybe there is a bigger coaching industry that covers those type of things. I just, I just don't find those out there. I usually find this the kind of cookie cutter. Here's my program, you know. And I, I, it's the Dave Ramsey of coaching. Maybe that's how I want to say it. It's the Dave Ramsey of coaching, which is if you call on Dave Ramsey's show, I know exactly what he's going to tell you. And I haven't listened to Dave Ramsey in years, but if, if you give me like three callers in, I can tell you what Dave Ramsey is going to say. Cause I haven't, I haven't listened to him in years, but he has the same advice for everyone, right? His advice is the same for everyone. It just depends on where you're at in his process. And it works for a certain amount of people, but it's not the best advice out there. You're muted if you're talking. What uh, what do you have against Dave Ramsey? No, no. Uh, but actually, I'm curious um, because I think people, I think the, the book has become somewhat uh, divisive. I mean, what what is your take on Rich Dad, Poor Dad? Was that one of the first books that you read uh, that sort of informed your vision? I mean, I assume you have read it. Uh, do you, what, what do you, where do you think Kiyosaki kind of sits at current? I'm curious your thoughts. I think um, I've got a Kiyosaki book right here. I've got one or two more laying around somewhere. Growing up where I grew up, I don't think rich dad, poor dad is an idea that's entrenched in the culture. That mentality. What's, what's the Cajun version? Go get you nine to five and work. Get it's on the redneck. Get on the shirt phone. Yeah. It's what did, I, what did I say? You said Cajun. We're rednecks. This is the same thing. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. You people. Okay. Um, so 
Lesson one on how to rile up some of the people that are probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> but no, and so I don't think, you know, I don't think that mentality was pervasive in Northeast Louisiana. In Texas, where I'm at now, yeah, that mentality is here. So I think, I think rich dad, poor dad is really indicative of your environment. So if you're from like a, an entrepreneurial mindset family, like my son, um, he's, you know, we're starting a business together. We're working on it. If he continues on that trajectory, I would never recommend him read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. It would seem to be a waste. If you're thinking about leaving the nine to five, transitioning out, maybe, yeah, it's probably good. It's a, it's a, if, if you've always been ambitious, but everyone around you is not, and you're like, am I crazy? I think that's the person it's really for. How is the Kraken business coaching uh, Ryan versus Drew going? Who's coaching who, first of all? Let me tell you something. Uh, how, how, how deep do you want to get in the weeds on this? Uh, I got some time. You're the one that's usually trying to run off camera. We got four minutes. It's been <laughs> <laughs> well, less than four now, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> it's been one of the most refreshing and enjoyable things I've done in a long time. A couple reasons. One, working with a 14 year old, if you're paying attention, you realize how poorly you explain things. Okay. Because it's like, hey, go do this. And then they don't do it right. Like, why don't you do this? Like, like you said to do this. And you're like, yeah, okay, well. And it's also free labor. I mean, are you even able to, are you even like allowed to pay someone that young? Oh, sorry. Keep going. Why are we bringing Piper into this? I don't know. She's three or two. Okay. That's, that's... Oh, I, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't going to put those on TikTok yet, but I mean, I, I will. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so it, 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 it's like, okay, learning to communicate. Um, he's an employee. He's a part owner, but learning to communicate with, you know, someone on the job site with 14 year old, it's like, Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and then it shows you, it just shows you a lot. If you're, if you're being aware, if you're not being self-aware, then you're gonna miss a lot. And so I've learned a lot working with him. Um, he's got such a great attitude. It's refreshing. And it reminds me of why I don't like having a lot of employees at times because employees don't have great attitudes. Sometimes, you know, they're there to get a paycheck. His, his incentives are aligned with my incentives. Um, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, and so it's, it's really been good, man. It's, it's been good. It's, um, it's very straightforward work. You know, it's not trying to juggle 15 things and please these clients that have unrealistic expectations. It's, this is what it is. This is what we do. The other thing I'll say is I'm going to take a big shot at oil and gas companies here. Pay your bills, people. Pay your bills. You are a bunch of bums, okay? You are a bunch of bums, and I'm sick and tired of people like you keeping the man down by not paying your bill. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so for all you oil and gas companies out there, pay your bills and quit being some lazy bum. You make me sick. How do you really feel? They disgust me. Pioneer, you disgust me. Chesapeake Energy, you disgust me. So what you're saying is that you're somewhat, it seems like at least a little bit somewhat glad that you're not in the survey business anymore. Oh, dude, that's been the best decision I've ever made. But yes. Um, yeah, no, seriously, going back to like... Think about this. All the customers pay on time. I'm sure we'll have one at some point that won't, but they pay on time, right? They pay what they're selling to pay. They're not, they're not getting, so here's what's not happening. They don't have some inspector who can't count to two out there who's getting paid by every vendor except for me on the take, push, push squeezing me for whether I work nine hours or 10 hours a day and whether or not he's going to sign off on the sheet. And then when he does sign off on the sheet, the guy that he's giving a kickback to in the office is not squeezing me for hours. So I don't have to deal with all that no more. I don't miss that one bit. 
it's good that you're not bitter at all. It's good that you don't have any strong feelings. I'm not it. bitter. That's I just good. didn't say this for a long time. No, that's, that's true. Well, I'm not, you know, I mean, like, you know, it's just disappointing. It's just disappointing that the man could keep you down like that. You know, dude, we had a company. I won't say their name. Yes, you will. No, we'll call them Smile on Ear. Smile on Ear. Smile on Ear. Smile on Ear Energy. You never heard of them. They're a really irrelevant company. Smile on Ear. They held $1 million of ours for a year. Smile on Ear. Smile on Ear Energy. Did. You found what? Oh, because truthfully, that the loser PM that they had, Ryan, whatever his name was. God, that dude was a loser. Um, th- he determined that we were overbilling them despite the fact that we sent them all the files multiple times. And so, yeah, so smile on your energy and Ryan, whatever that loser's name is, um, go take a hike, go take a hike. The truth was it all went from a hundred dollars a barrel to what it dropped to 2016, 2017, what it dropped, what it dropped like to 40, 26, huh? 26. You said 2016, 2017, is that what you said? Yeah, 16, 17. Uh, no, no, it was yeah, around 40. Yeah, that's, that's what really happened. That's what really happened, right? So when it's 100, they're like, hey, do all this stuff. When it's 40, they're like, there's no way you do this. Like, yeah, morons, you told us to do this. We thought it was stupid then, but you told us to do it. So For those that are listening to this podcast, I'm still in the oil and gas business. I still love energy. I still love oil and gas. I'm very pro oil and gas and energy and all these these other things. Um, the, 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 the person on the other side of the phone or uh, computer or, or, or voice recorder here um, isn't necessarily lying. I'm just not, but, you know. Um, Anyways, listen, are we done yet? Can we listen, sign off? This is- listen, no, you got me riled up here. No, I love Smile on Ear. Smile on Ear brings a great service to the world. I think there are companies that should exist, but I also think that big companies, whether it's Smile on Ear or um, Stress a Peak or whomever it might be, um, you know, when they when they Cracking. put the well, that's too soon. Okay, of course we do our, our vendors that way, but why you got to bring that up? Why you got to bring it up right now? Oh, no, I was just giving you a clap that you're like, you're, I don't know, you're ready for an exit. Like you, you tried, you tried to get me to buy you yesterday. Well, yeah. If you don't buy crack and service professionals, we are for sale. So, um, no, I just, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just one of the things to where not having to be a vendor for large oil and gas companies is been nice because the way that they manipulate all that stuff and they put pressure on you and they threaten you and the implicit threats. And if you don't enter the phone one time, they call someone else and, it's nice to not deal with those losers anymore. And I love the industry. I'm not against the industry. What is that guy's name? God, I can't stand that guy. I mean, you said Ryan. I was going to make some jokes, but I yeah. guess. Yeah, well, that's that's obviously. Um, so he's some engineer at Pine. Uh, Schmeinier. Schmeinier. Schmeinier Energy. Schmeinier. Get it right. Come can, you, can you get it together, please? Yeah, it's hard to keep my fake companies up. Sorry um no but i mean i mean seriously how many times have you heard stories of people in a service company being squeezed by um the uh oh every every single company that's ever done service for any other operator ever i mean like it's yeah it's rampant it's 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 the mo i mean yeah no it's not good it's not good but it, it, it has to stop right and so um you know, when you're working for them, it's a little tough to call them out, but I'm not working for them right now. So, well, oh, you say that, and we're at what $96 oil. I don't see it stopping anytime soon, but oh, it's gonna be worse now, obviously. Be worse, it's gonna be worse. So, um, 
you know, I will say this. There were some companies that did pay well. Um, if you find those, hold on to them. This goes back to one, one final rant. You know the whole thing about firing your client? Yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't, I'm not a big fan of that narrative. But uh, the fire your client. Listen, in the oil and gas industry, if the guy pays you on time, I don't care what he's doing. He <laughs> told fire that client. Okay. <laughs> I don't care if he's having you get the track hold to bury bodies. You don't fire that client. Okay. He's paying you on time. The ones that's not paying you on time, yeah, whatever. I don't even have a rebuttal to that. I mean, this is a comedy yeah, podcast. Yes. This is complete satire. Anything taken here seriously is the, is, is the fault of the listener. Um, you call me on a snow a, day, okay? Is this are you, is this snowing out there? Eh, not really, but don't. Let the it's like it's like snow dusting out here. Uh, we've had like a we have enough ice on the road where you can't drive. That's it. <laughs> like the worst. It's the worst. The worst. Just enough to where I walked out. You haven't been to my house. There's a big hill and there's a car that had slid off the road. Not far, just south road. Uh, just enough ice over where you can't leave. So. Oh, I, I've tried to invite myself over a couple of times, but then I was, I was just, I was aggressively told that I was not allowed. So this show is a comedy podcast. Everything said on here is fake until that last statement by Ben Samuels. So just to be clear, that is factual. Everything don't, else don't make, factual. don't make me pull out receipts. We can no, have I, a, I we can have a whole, I just said it's factual. I just said, I said, everything is not, I said, everything is a joke except for your last statement. I supported you. All right. For those that want to hire uh, Ryan as your advisor slash business coach, given that we uh, we talked about this so glowingly, please reach out to sourcerockmidstream.com and at underscore Ben Samuels on Twitter. I'll make sure to direct you in his direction. Hey, here's the deal. If you hire me as an advisor in the old gas company in pain, I will torch them publicly for you. As you just your demonstrated. Name. What's that? Yeah. As, as you just demonstrated. Smile on your energy. Listen, that was 2016, 2017. I can get paid 2018. I didn't brought it up in like, it's 2022, okay? Is it though? Well, that's what the simulation ticker says. But I mean, I haven't bought it like four years. Isn't that, is, is that not holding your tongue? Chesapeake goes back to 2009. So no, you did good. You I mean, did good. Come on now. Give me some slack. All right, Ben. I don't want to agree to this. Folks, 5y.biz is where you can find out more blistering content like this and with that ben anything else if not we'll talk to folks next week no sir next week